Friday. Welcome to The Shit Women Can't Say, a weekly podcast where we talk about all the shit women have thought about at one time or another. This week, we are talking sex, feast or famine. Here we go now. Hi, everybody. I'm TJ. And I'm Liv. What would you say if I told you you can increase your sexual libido at any age through various methods? Some of you may laugh and brush it off, while others may be reaching out for the handbook on how to do it. The bottom line, we've learned, is that it comes down not to a desire to want sex, but rather a desire to want to want sex. According to several websites, including VeryWellHealth.com, increasing sex drive is a matter of physical activity, incorporating libido-enhancing foods into your diet while avoiding their counterparts, stress management, sleep quality, and the quality of the connection you share with your partner. But even if you put all of these things into place, you've got to ask yourself, do you want to have an orgasm? Let's face it, sex doesn't always mean intercourse either. That's right. Sex looks different at every age and stage of the game, too. There's the wet and ready 20s, the not-so-flirty 30s, the fuck-it 40s, and the freedom 50s and beyond. So let's get into it. The 20s. So the primp and prep. Looking beautiful on the outside head to toe. Like when you're dating and you're young and you're just... Uh, it's so much work. Oh, <laughs> it's gosh. like you do your hair, you do your makeup, you... Like, everything is perfect. You smell perfect because you picked the perfect perfume, and then there's shaving. Oh, good God. Yeah. Um, yeah, you generally feel more confident. And then the shaving, like, there's extensive discussion around pubic hair. I remember the first time I heard something about, so, like, it was a TikTok, of course, because this is my thing, right? I spend <laughs> way too much time on TikTok. Somebody on TikTok said, so, what are we doing down there? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, what? What are you doing down there? Wait, down there? There's like a whole fashion thing what? about down there. Like how you groom. Are you bald? Are you not bald? Is there like a strip? Is there a triangle? Is there? Mm-hmm. It's a thing. I, I'm not uh, serious. I'm dead sorry. serious. Okay. Yeah. And like, <gasps> are you in? Are you like installing? Like, do you remember in the, I, I don't ever remember when I was a kid hearing or seeing, I don't know, maybe I was sheltered, anything about pubic hair. It was just, it was, there was bush. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. as a child, I stumbled across some porn in, like, my grandfather's rec mm. room. Like, oh, VCR tape, what's that? Oh, yeah. It was all bush. There's bush everywhere. Yeah. And, like, you know, you see your parent, not your parents, but your mom or your grandma or whatever getting into the bath when you're little, and all yeah. I remember is there was bush. Yeah. And now it's not cool to have bush. I don't I think. Know. The last time I checked, I, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, and I remember, like, in my 20s, like, you know, having the the discussion, like, guys would flat out say what they preferred. And it was like, well, fuck you. This is what's happening in my pants. If you yeah. would, you know, you want to be bald down there, that's great for you. Awesome. Like, wonderful. But, like... I, I have opinions on some of this stuff, and um, I am all for, like, neat and tidy. Mm -hmm. Great. Yep. Awesome. Totally get it. And just the, I don't know, the five-year-old look, I'm not down with that. <laughs> not fucking down with that. And I honestly, 
like I know again people have their opinions and there's the whole discussion around like whether it's cleaner or not clean or whatever the mm-hmm. hell you know but my personal opinion like just being attracted to a vagina that looks like a five-year-old and you're a grown man I just I have issue with so that. So bald is not for you. Bald is not for me. Sorry. Now I in my 20s late 20s I decided all my hair was going like but I never went for a Brazilian. There's lots of women out there that they, that's what they like. Yeah. Like front to back, everywhere. I'm, I'm but the Brazilian, not... if I'm remembering correctly, is like a landing strip, correct? No, Brazilian is nothing. It's gone. Oh, it's gone. Oh, right. Everything. Hence the teeny tiny bikinis that Including like there's no your, possibility your, of. Your bum. Yeah. Yeah, you get on your all fours and you yes. get your bum done. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like having some stranger stare at your cornhole and, you know, fucking yeah. ripping hairs out of it. Oh on, my God. Online, <laughs> online, there is actual advice on again, TikTok, on how to um, prepare yourself for a Brazilian and make sure you don't have any little bits of toilet paper and things like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, like, there was a time oh. when I, you know, you shave your armpits, you shave your legs, you shave your hoo you shave yes. everything, yeah. everything. And then it becomes a habit for some people, and yeah. that's just what they do, right? Yeah. But then you but. hit the point, like, I know for myself, like, wintertime, the legs do not get shaven anywhere near as often as they do in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like now, like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not as like, oh my God, he can't feel leg hair. Yeah, no, no. Whereas I was in my 20s. Yeah. I would have been mortified. When Ammo and I first met, I shaved my legs every single day because I didn't want him to ever touch my legs and then be prickly. Now I will go many 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 days <laughs> and i'll be like don't fucking touch my legs if uh, unless you're into that and uh-huh. you want some fuzz it's fine but wow yeah the shaving all the freaking hair it's crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy and like god forbid you're somebody who has like thicker darker hair or mm-hmm. more of it like i don't know and you, maybe i don't know lasers. i haven't done enough uh, right I, don't, I haven't done enough research on this, but, like, culturally speaking, too, like, I don't know. I don't know either. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is with other cultures. I mean, I'm sure there's some cultures out there that are, yeah. you just don't. You yeah. don't do that. But you know what else pisses me off? And it pissed me off in my 20s, too. You know, we're expected to shave everything. But if if you're heterosexual and you're with a man, don't shave their balls. Not all of them. Oh. And they come at you with hairy balls and hairy chest and a hairy whatever. And Ass. you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've just spent 45 minutes in the shower shaving all your shit together and like. And have a stranger waxing your butt. Yeah. Ass up at the esthetician's office. That's crazy. Yeah. And the money. Oh, the cost God. of some of that shit. Or like what some people do now too, like the whole electrolysis thing or the yeah, waxing no. is expensive. Like all that stuff. Oh my God. The money spent on freaking hair removal is yeah, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And back to the 20s. Okay. You're always looking for the good guy, but you kind of zone in on the bad boy. I know. It used to happen to me all the time. Yeah. And then, so what does that do for the sex life? What do you think? I don't know. Sex with a bad boy is pretty freaking hot. But, but... Then there's the emotional trauma that comes along with the bad boy. So that's true too. Sex with the bad, <laughs> sex with the bad boy is fun. Yes, it's true. They, they put they take you places that you never thought you'd go. I think mm-hmm. that that was my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, 
I think you eventually, most people will fall for a good guy who maybe is a little bit naughty. Mm-hmm. But I think that time in your 20s, you're not really necessarily looking to fall head over heels in love with somebody. Mm-hmm. There doesn't always have to be an emotional connection. Yep. Sometimes it's strictly like hormones. Yep. Like, sorry, but you just want to bang. They're mm-hmm. hot. You feel hot. Yep. That's the beauty of your 20s. That's true. You want to know the funny ones, though, are the bad boys who think they're all that. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of blah, falls blah, a little, <laughs> a little placid. Yeah. Yeah. And then the good guys, who like the ones who surprise you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where you do have the good guy who yeah. then, you know, you don't think that they're going to have any idea of what they're doing. But then, oh, they, they pleasantly you. surprise you. Yep. Yep. I, I hear you. I hear you. And you have some ladies who, like, I know people who, you know, they met in high school and that... That's it. That's their partner, and they've been with them since high school, and like that works fantastically for them. I am personally not one of those people, and I personally don't think that often works. I think a lot of scenarios, um, relationships where I've seen that happen, at some point or another in that, somebody gets curious. Yeah. About. And that's in that's inevitable. Like, mm-hmm. I I too have seen people. They get together when they're like fifteen. Mm-hmm. Chances are they're each other's firsts. Yep. They somehow make it through their twenties. Yes. The party scene, the school scene, the everything. Mm-hmm. They sometimes make it through their thirties, having kids and whatever. But yep. then, as they get a little bit older, you can't help but wonder: Are they not wondering? Because mm-hmm. they've literally only seen like the guys only seen one vagina. Yeah. The girls only seen one penis. Yeah. There, there's got to be some, I don't know, questions there. Mm. Or I'm curious like, about this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I could talk to all, ton, like millions of different people about all these different dynamics. Yeah. I, I find it fascinating. Like, I just want to ask, there's some people I went to high school with that were like that, and I just want to say to them, how'd you do it? Yeah. And do you ever think about cock that's not your husband's cock? <laughs> I, that's so vulgar. My mom is <laughs> so mad at me for this episode. <laughs> I've heard her talking to you here. It's all good. It's, a, it's fine. I'm not offended. All right. So that kind of falls into this, you know, like this monogamy thing. Like, I remember putting so much pressure on myself that, like, you know, you're always thinking about, like, the one. Mm-hmm. And dating is to find the one. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking horseshit. <laughs> you and I both got married early. <laughs> like, you were, what, 20 and I was 19? Yeah, 21. Yeah, 21. And yeah. it's like... Obviously, a bad idea for both of us because it didn't end well. <laughs> but like, it, it it's true. Like you you think, oh, I gotta I gotta find Mr. Right and all that stuff. You know what? Fuck that. If I can give young people any advice, it's a know yourself and b sleep with people, safe, yeah. healthy interactions mm-hmm. with good people that are are not going to hurt you in yeah. any way. Yeah. But. Be open to experimentation in that department so that you know what you want. At the very least, experiment with yourself. That's right. Yes. And know what the hell, because like, it's like, oh, little to the left, little to the left, left, <laughs> other left. <laughs> like, but there's so many people, there's so many women that you hear of. I Do I know anybody? I don't know if I know anybody, but there I have heard of lots of women who like, they don't know where their bean is. Mm-hmm. They don't know what an orgasm feels like. Yeah. 
They're like, oh yeah, sex is fine. Have you ever had an orgasm? They're like, I think, I think so. No, no, no. No, you know. If you know, if that's your answer, you have not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think, I I truly believe that before you have sex, you should get a vibrator, figure your shit out, and then, if if you get together with a man and he can't figure your shit out, well, you still get yourself covered. Yeah, and like, communication is a huge thing in se- in sexual relationships, right? But mm-hmm. it's so funny because even I think as a young person, like. You have all that shit that plays in your head, like, but even asking for what you want and having conversations about, you know, okay, no, not quite doing it. So, yeah. you know, um, how can we make this a little bit better? Yeah. Dudes and their fragile egos. Yeah. Like, you know, a 20 year old man would be very, you know, oftentimes like that hurts their feelings. Their ego does, would be yeah. bruised. And then that's the end of sexy time. But you if you, I, mean? it, I think if you can be confident and comfortable in your own skin and I think you would be. If you know what you want and you know what you need and you're confident, then you can, there's a way of saying things mm-hmm. that make it sexy and make it comfortable for yeah. for the other person, male, female, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got to, I've got to tell you this funny story because when I was like 20, 21, I think I moved from an apartment and I was staying with a friend. Yeah. And I don't think my friends really, like, they were having sex, obviously. They'd been having sex for a long time. But uh, I had put my vibrators in a coat pocket right in the front. Like, it was like a pouch pocket. Yeah. And I hung, it, I don't even know what season it was. It must have been, like, fall or something. I hung it up in the closet. I, did, I went out. My other girlfriend came over. She was cold. Yeah. And she took the coat. She's like, why the fuck is this so heavy? Because uh. th- don't forget, this was back in, I don't know, 2000, maybe. <laughs> Why the fuck is this cold so heavy? And so she goes fishing in my pockets, and she finds my two giant vibrators. <laughs> giant vibrators. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. And she's like, I don't even know if she told me right away or if she didn't tell me for years later. But my friends at the time, not that I know of, had vibrators. And I'm thinking... I'm not, I think I went to a passion party or something and that's where I got mine. But I think, like, really, you should have one. You definitely, every single female over, like, the age that they might have sex Mm -hmm. should have that opportunity to figure out what they want. Because then if they take four years to have sex or three years to have sex or whatever it is, by that point, they know what they're getting. They know how to get it. And they can then confidently... Yeah. Say, this is what I need. Yeah. Or I'm going to bring in some assistance. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't learn that. Like, I had one, but I didn't learn anything about that until much later. Yeah. It was a long time before I was ready to tell a partner. Yeah. I don't remember when I first tried toys, honestly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So experimentation. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's important, I think. There's another part of experimentation that we didn't touch on, I think, and that is... Um, for men and women, I think, maybe for women more, I don't know, is being with both sexes or being open to that Mm -hmm. and doing things in your twenties that are fun and just, um, experimental, like kiss a girl, kiss a guy, see where it goes, see what happens, see what it does for you because... There's so many people that they get into these monogamous relationships, heterosexual mm-hmm. relationships. I know one particular lady that immediately comes to mind. 
Um, and she, when her kids were in high school, went to high school with me, she cheated on her husband with a woman hmm. and broke up with her husband. Her kids were absolutely fucking devastated. Yeah. But she's been with that woman now. It's That's like over 20 years she's been with this woman wow. happily together, married or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Happily together. And I think we live in an age now where you can be open and you can be experimental and you can say, you know what, I'm going to give this a whirl. And if you don't like it, stop. Yeah. If you And the same goes for guys. Yeah. If it's kind of an inkling, if it's kind of like, mm, I might be interested in it, just yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah. Why not? Give it a whirl. You're yeah. only 20 once. Yes, it's well, true. You're in your 20s for a decade, <laughs> but you know. You know what I mean. <laughs> oh, Okay. Do you actually know what an orgasm feels like? Again, like just, just, it needs to be said one more time. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. If you have to think about it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. No. It's a, if you know, you know, and that's it. Yeah. And let's talk about faking it for a second. Whew. Yep. Done it. Done it. I think every woman has done it. Obviously, very difficult for a man to do it, I mm -hmm. think, probably. I think it could probably be done if I thought hard enough, but... <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't... And I wonder why we do it. It doesn't It doesn't get us anywhere. No, and honestly, it doesn't help them either. No, it makes them feel good in the moment. Oh, yeah, like, I made her come all night long. Like, Well, then you're just punishing yourself, too, though, because, like, if you don't say anything that, yeah. you, you know, that you didn't, and it didn't, and it just didn't... And then the next time, then what? They'll be like, why isn't it working? Oh, my gosh. Because it didn't fucking work the first time. <laughs> but you didn't say anything. So, like, again, you're, you're, like, you're punishing yourself. Yeah. So just be honest. Speak up. Yeah. Speak up. No fake orgasms. I love this. It's funny. This, to this whole topic, I'm a huge fan of Sex in the City. Mm -hmm. I think everybody should watch that entire series. If the first few episodes of the first season, I will say. Sarah Jessica Parker speaking directly to the camera. I'm glad they lost that piece early on. But anyways, there is an episode for everything. Literally, hmm. like, all of these bits and pieces that we're talking about, there is a tidbit in Sex and the City for just about everything you can think of when it comes to sex and relationships. You might uh, be recruiting me to watch that show. I, mm. I've got the box set. I will lend it to you. <laughs> It's an I think education you can watch it on Netflix. in a box. <laughs> you probably can't. <laughs> Get with the times, Liv. Come on. Oh my God, but it's so pretty. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's like education in a box. Seriously. Sex and relationships. Yeah. And it That's was it was very groundbreaking for its time. Talking it, yeah, about Yeah, I guess you it know, was, right? Because it was what back in the early two thousands? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. All right, moving on. Moving on. Oh, God. Okay. This makes me cringe. The fucking pregnancy scares. I started having sex when I was 15. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I think same. Yeah? Yeah. So, oh, like, the constant fucking worry, mm -hmm. right? And I was one of those people, like, I, my, my family was fairly open talking about stuff. My parents weren't together, but open conversations with my mother. Mm -hmm. And I think actually a friend of my mom's actually took me to the doctor to get the pill. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation like beforehand with my dad too, because he had the benefits at the time and would cover the pill. So like my parents both knew yeah. when I was starting to have sex. 
and I was I was careful about it. Like I, you know, I I was on the pill early, but for other reasons, like mm-hmm. I had messed up periods and stuff. Yeah. So I was on. It was never because I'm having sex. Yeah. Um, my mom knew the day I lost my virginity because she could tell apparently by the look on my face. <laughs> my mom is pretty psychic, I guess. But anyway, she knew. She said, you had sex, didn't you? And I said, <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, the whole pregnancy scare thing. And I think, like, I was scared of getting pregnant even though I was on the pill, used protection and whatever. Yeah. Then I got kind of stupid at one point in my life. And yes. I wasn't using as much protection as I should have been, mm-hmm. even though I knew all the bad and scary words. Yeah, you know better. Yeah. You don't because it's the heat of the moment to know blah, blah, blah. Like there's mm-hmm. 101 excuses. It, it happens. Yeah. I can admit it now that I probably put myself in some dangerous situations. But yeah, you're constantly scared. I've taken more freaking pregnancy tests in my life than... Honestly... You know what? It was so funny because these friggin' COVID tests, <laughs> so triggering. Oh my God. I was say, did they bring back trauma? Because they brought back trauma for me. Sure did. Because they fucking look exactly like a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. I was horrified yeah. opening that up. I was like, whose idea of some <laughs> sick fucking joke is this? Yeah. Like, really? And you're sitting there watching and waiting for that yes. little pink line and you're like, please don't be positive. Please don't be positive. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Okay. So moving through the 20s uh, can result in more time spent stroking your partner's ego than stroking anything else. (laughs) By the time you move towards your late 20s and early 30s, things may start to look different once again. Mm -hmm. So the 30s, experimentation. You find the strength, I think, in your 30s to maybe speak up, Mm -hmm. talk about your desires. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like... There's something, maybe it's because you found, like, a more consistent partner. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And you feel more comfortable talking to them. Yeah. Yeah. And you can say to the left, to the right, to the whatever, and you don't feel like you're going to, you know, kill their oh God, ego. God, doesn't or, like me anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, you might not really care so much, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so long-term relationships and how experimentation is impacted or discussed. So how do you talk about the things that you want, deeply want, or maybe they're um, kind of risky little things that you want, Mm -hmm. Um, unexpected things that you want? How Mm -hmm. do you talk about that with your partner? Honestly, I don't don't know. It's different for all sorts of people, I guess. Um, But it's funny because, again, like, you know how we've talked about, like, um, having certain conversations aren't sexy, mm-hmm. right? And I think even still, you have sometimes this fear of what your partner is going to think if you like a certain something or want to try a certain something. It, I don't. I think it's just maybe a little bit of a human nature thing where you're a little bit scared of the rejection mm-hmm. piece and what that would mean then for your relationship. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like uh, you worry what they're going to think of you. Maybe not that they're going to reject you, but like if I say that I want to be spanked or something, Mm -hmm. what are they going to think? Are they going to think that I have trauma? Are they going to think I'm a freak? Mm -hmm. Are they going to think that's way outside my comfort zone? Like what? And having those conversations are difficult conversations to have, but in your 30s, I think they're 
conversations you have to have. Yeah. Because for your sexual health, your sexual, the sexual longevity part of your relationship, mm-hmm. like you seriously can't just be like satisfied with missionary. If if you're satisfied with missionary, you are. Yeah. But you, you if you want to be bringing whips and chains to your bedroom, you're mm-hmm. not going to be satisfied mm-hmm. long term by laying there and taking it. Yeah. It has to be like, you have to have open communication on both sides. Yeah. And I think sometimes you do have to work at it. You do have to work at those conversations. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, and there's honestly, even like there's things I've learned as I've gotten older that like I had no idea existed. Um, and just through conversations, not, I haven't experienced these personally, but there are clubs you can go to where you can go in, have a drink, go in, but either by yourself or with a partner. And there's people doing all sorts of interesting things Mm -hmm. all over the club. And you can choose to participate or not participate. And there's a whole, like, etiquette thing around whether there's a yay or nay. You want to participate. No, you don't want to participate. You know. There's (laughs) some clubs where men cannot go in by themselves. Mm -hmm. They have to go in with a partner. Yeah. There's all kinds. I actually was doing some research for this thing I was going to write a long time ago and showed up to this, like, warehouse place. I don't, I don't even know how I found this guy. It was, it's totally bizarre and probably very <laughs> unsafe. But I went with a friend. And I think Ammo came with us. Because we were asking him questions about being a dom. Okay. So we were writing something. Yep. Yep. And, um, yeah, he had this, like, warehouse with, like, the cross, the wooden cross thing set up. Whips and chains all over the, the wall. He had, like, ropes set up for, like... Um, doing the like rope ties stuff yep, where like you do bonded, the suspension oh, and whatever. Oh, okay. and he was like, oh, I've done this to my, my not my girlfriend, my sub. Like yeah. I've done all of these things. They had like a dentist chair set up. They had safe needle play. This was in Toronto. Safe needle play stuff set up. A school room set up. Like all sorts of like, big cages. Like a, a latex machine. That you, like there's so much, so much shit. There is so much crazy shit in the world as far as sex goes. And I think that maybe knowing that helps put into perspective that if you want to be spanked in your bedroom, you're not saying, you know, tie me up with rope and, you know, spank me with a paddle from a, you know, ceiling or whatever. Or tie me to a cross and beat me with chains. Like, there's got to be, you have to try and put yourself, put everything into perspective is what I'm trying to Mm say. And in that the confines of your bedroom mm-hmm. or wherever it is that you have sex, you got to be kind of open to talking about it because, again, longevity. Yeah. And I also think wine helps. Wine does uh, help. Like you have a glass of wine or <laughs> four or five, a <laughs> bottle, whatever, and talk about it. Something to be said for slightly lowered inhibitions. But yes. do you think um, just talking about that type of stuff, like I had no idea that things like that existed you know, like even, I mean, I'm 41, even 10 years ago, I did not know that some of that stuff was around that like, but it like sex is big business. Like, and I knew like porn and like that type of stuff. So I knew there was a whole other world kind of underlying there, but like, you didn't realize it was like a club thing. No, I, I've never been, I will openly say, and if I did, I would honestly say if I've been, because I would like to share that experience with people who didn't know. And I commend people who can share those experiences because that's how I've got my information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does it, is it interesting to me? Yes. Yeah. From a, not even from a sexual standpoint, but I think there's interest there from like a social standpoint yep. and how people interact socially in those kinds of environments. Yeah. 
because some people seriously just go for the social aspect. Some people go for the voyeurism and some people go for the sexual aspect mm -hmm. of it. But they're everywhere. And there's the whole thing too, like I'm sure you've heard certain certain um, like communities and mm -hmm. little hubs and like, oh, a green light hanging at somebody's door. I've heard this. Means, you know, something else or those stars. Like yeah. apparently Bowmanville is a big town really? for this. Yeah. Oh, Where, for like swingers. Yeah, for yeah. swingers and stuff like that. And like that's a whole thing too. And do you think, um, do you think like Fifty Shades of Grey and like that whole thing, I'd love to know your opinion on Fifty Shades just being a writer. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. But do you think stuff like that where it was kind of. Um, it was brought to, it was brought to the forefront, yeah. like a societal forefront. It was ab absolutely shitty writing. Oh, but no. I, I read every book. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. read every book because of the content. Yeah. The content kept me reading because yeah. I was like, this happens? Oh, this happens? Yeah. That happens? That can't be real. Obviously not all the bullshit with the millions of dollars and the helicopters and the well, whatever. Like a movie, that. you know. But yeah. like the fact that people have a red room, mm -hmm. right, where they experiment in this way was really interesting to me and that's actually why I ended up going to that guy's okay. dungeon. I don't I don't fucking know what it was. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. But we were my friend and I were gonna collaborate and write something together. We ended yeah. we ended up changing our minds. Mm -hmm. But he invited us back, this fella. Ah. I think it was that evening or the next evening to watch some entertainment and I was like, huh? Oh, I, I wanted Not to. Anything. I oh, no, no I no I did. I yeah. wanted to because I was like, I need to see this for myself. I need to see this shit happen. Uh huh. And then I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> not, no, better not. better not. Not safe. I don't have a safe word set up, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess this next point kind of goes back to our previous episode, um, talking about vaginas falling out during childbirth. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes after you have a baby, it feels like your vagina's fall out, fallen out, and this is in your 30s, hopefully, maybe your 20s, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. um, and will your partner notice? <laughs> <laughs> Shit changes down there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you ever hear that awful expression of, oh, it's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway after they have kids? Like, <laughs> yes, listen to my whistly laugh. Fucking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like an old man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, I have heard that. And oh, it's never going to tighten up. Like, she, you pushed a 10 pound baby out. Like, that's any different than pushing a six pound baby out. Like, it's magical down there. Yeah. But. That expression, just like thanks, thanks a lot. Kind of like go fuck yourself. That's Me, what it sounds yeah. like to me. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, your thirties, I think there's also a time when, especially when you have kids, when the the fact is is that you're too tired to fuck. Mm. And again, my terrible mouth. I have such <laughs> a way with words. Um, but you are though. You're like, I don't know. Like I'm I'm 41, but. And maybe it's because I have, like, some stuff going on, medical stuff going on or whatever. But there's a lot of times when I'm like, no, I don't, don't touch me. I'm tired. I want to mm -hmm. sleep. Mm -hmm. about you? Yeah. Yeah. Are you just exhausted? Honestly, for me, I think it's, um, it's probably a little bit more mental where I just, my brain, sometimes I feel like it doesn't have time to go there. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I am um, go, go, go. From the time I get up, like, today is a perfect example. I, you know, 6 a.m., literally opened my eyes, and immediately I was getting text messages from work. 
staffing mm-hmm. issues yeah. and whatever. So, like, from the moment I open my eyes, at work, in my position, I'm needed, 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 needed all day long. Come home. If I am, you know, I'm home that evening with Mia, as, like, I've talked about, I am generally by myself, like, mm-hmm. single parenting it all night. And then by the time she actually, you know, is asleep and whatever, like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. And then even if my hubby is home in time yeah, to catch me, then it's, you know... Like, it's, yeah, it can be hit and miss sometimes. So, like, my brain just hasn't had the time to switch from, you know, needed mode to, oh, I might need something. Yes, yeah. And I'm I'm actually, I'm learning more about that now. Um, I'm just a little bit of reading a podcast I listened to. Um, a girlfriend shared someone on Instagram with me and just because I was having a lot of, like, shame and guilt around that. Mm-hmm. Around, like, why don't I feel like it as much anymore? And so looking into that, like, I've, I've actually learned a lot and I can share that information yeah, on that our page. Awesome. Yeah. I will absolutely do that because I found that super helpful. Um, but just learning a little bit more around that and why I might be feeling that way and why that switch actually needs to take place for many women. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning that I'm not, I'm, I'm not a freak. I'm not weird. I am not a defective wife. Not at all. No. You know? Um, yeah. but yeah, there's a, there's fucking tired sometimes. Exactly. There's ex- exhaustion, there's hormones, and then there's romance or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, like we, you literally, like, I think husbands or partners or whatever, sometimes expect, you're just going to flip a switch and be like, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Come get me. Yeah. No, I'm not fucking ready. <laughs> I need to stop thinking about the kids. I need to stop thinking about work. I need to stop thinking about what I'm going to do in the morning and what I'm going to have for dinner tomorrow night. And my hormones got to be in the right place. And do I have my period? Because if I have my period, obviously everything's off. Mm-hmm. Well, for most people, some mm-hmm. people, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think like it's not just a switch. It really isn't. Yeah. And you and t- being tired is a it's a sex killer. Yeah. It absolutely is a sex killer. Absolutely. It, I think it can be revived. Yes. And I think sometimes if you're super tired, mm-hmm. there's ways of kind of pushing past that. And I know when I was in my 30s, um, maybe not when I was in my 30s, younger than that, I felt like I had like a hormonal imbalance after I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I remember being given advice that sometimes you just have to start. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to get yourself to the point where you can be like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And then you can kind of slowly progress from yeah. there. It's like starting the flames to get stoked yes. a yeah. little. You yeah. start pushing a, you know, a, a wheel over a hill or whatever, and it just mm-hmm. starts getting momentum. So, yeah. um, the great thing maybe about being thirty is the great beaver debate has ended. <laughs> Perhaps, hopefully, you're in a relationship where nobody gives a shit about your pubes anymore. <laughs> At least not for a little while. At least not for a little while after you've had babies because, you know, they're giving you a reprieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might want to ask your partner. Progressing through the 30s, sex might seem to become kind of less and less important. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. But, yeah, perhaps due to the arrival of children, due to something else entirely, like relationship stuff, right? But there's a hormonal shift in there, too. Um, I know for some people it's early, but I can I can tell you definitely before I hit 30 that there was some things happening hormonally for sure. Um, and according to WebMD.com, women's sexual desire peaks somewhere in her 30s or early 40s. Now, again, this is WebMD, mm-hmm. but... 
this I'm not totally sure whether like fact or fiction anymore. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I know, you know, we pulled these stats, but uh, I don't know. Like, do they peak? I, I, it, I think it's up for debate. I Like, sometimes there's some days where I feel like, oh, I peaked in my 30s. Yeah. I peaked in my 30s and it's all fucking downhill from that. Yeah. Like, from there. And then other days where I think, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in my peak right now. So, I don't know. Maybe, is it possible that women have multiple peaks? I think that might be. Because, like you mentioned, like, there's so many things that can affect this, right? Your, your sexual desire, whether it's hormones, whether it's diet, whether there's anything medical going on, medications, side oh, effects. Yes. Oh, my God. The freaking side effects of mental health meds. Yep. Oftentimes. First yep. of all, my two favorite, right? Fucking lowered libido mm-hmm. and weight, weight gain. gain. Yes. Yay. Fucking hell, because those <laughs> go fucking hand in hand. Like, yeah. Yeah. honestly. So now you're fat and you don't feel like having sex. <laughs> Just nobody's getting fucked. But you're not actually depressed anymore. I'm just... (laughs) Before you were thin and getting laid, but you were depressed. I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like the research. Like, you know, and you hear that, the whole thing. The research, again, I feel like some of it is old, right? And outdated and also doesn't take into account a lot of the societal things we have going on now, right? Yes, yeah. And the awareness that, you know, things, whatever. But then also you constantly hear this, like, you know, 50 is the new 40 and whatever. Yes. So it's like, ooh, yep. is, there, is there another peak around the corner? <laughs> when I, when I just want to know, 40, gonna... am I going to be 30? <laughs> I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Right? And just, yeah. Uh, yeah. So date night in your 40s. Mm. You have kids. It's going to be an event. And the icing on the cake is going to be the orgasm. Mm-hmm. True. But date night nookie is another story. Can you get laid on date night? <laughs> I don't know if you can see this. Your face. I, yeah. Your face. Yeah. Cock blocked. Oh, my shit. Honestly, it's terrible. You, like, date night when you're parents, right? You... It can be quite a production sometimes. Like, if you are not that person, that couple that has, you know, date night every week and you've got some, you know, that support system or the good sitter or whatever, right out of the gate, you've got all these things in place so the date night can happen every week and, you know, you never lose it. Great. That was not Paul and I. Um, we did not have, like, we didn't have a, an actual sitter until Mia was probably, like, I want to say two, in two and a half, maybe mm-hmm. close. no. Close to two because we did use our sitter on our, like our wedding. She was there at the house. We took, the kids got taken back and the sitter was there. So we, yeah, it wow. was great. It was fantastic. But yeah, I guess so me. Date was, night was mandatory that day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Had to be. Oh my gosh. But the, um, yeah, like was, we don't have, we have not had a good system of date, like regular date nights. Mm-hmm. So for us, date night. It's a production. I am getting dressed up. I am putting some makeup on. I want to look cute. I want to feel cute. You probably shave your legs. I do. <laughs> He's so lucky. How lucky is he? <laughs> oh, God. I make my pubes look pretty. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> your beaver's on point. <laughs> Punani perfection. Oh, Okay, stop it now. We gotta get get it together, Liv. Get it oh my together. God. Okay. Whew. 
back. Okay, so I'm going to move along because now that I've made her laugh, um, <laughs> is foreplay dead in your 40s? Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, is more like it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Some, some men, their idea of foreplay is like kiss, kiss, you know, put their arm around you, nuzzle into your neck a bit, and then it's like... Go time. Well, sometimes it's like there's a little more than that, but I think in your 40s, things become very routine. Mm-hmm. Right? You, like, it's like, oh, some people, some people are like, we're going to have sex Mondays and Saturdays, and that's fine. That's what works for them, I guess. Other people are like, okay, it's, we're, it's happening tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, in our house, we have a code word for sex. It's called laundry. Oh. So I'll be like, you doing laundry tonight? And be like, I'm down for laundry tonight. Are you down for laundry tonight? That's adorable. I yeah, like so that. that's that's what we do. <laughs> but then it's like you you've been together so long. How do you spice that up? Mm-hmm. Rather than it being like in and out. And thank well, you, you very know much. all the moves, right? Yeah. And like hopefully, like they've learned the moves and you've yes. learned moves and whatever. So. Honestly, it's not like any amount of really, like, figuring anything out. No, there isn't. And the other thing, too, is that I think you've perfected it to the point where, you know, the one move mm-hmm. that... For, I think for a woman, it's harder. Like, oh. let's face it. Like, there isn't a lot of positions that are either, A, comfortable. There's some positions that are downright uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There's some that are painful. Yeah. Like, vaginally painful. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're out of shape, some... All positions are painful, maybe, mm-hmm. but but there's one maybe that really works for you, and yeah. then you there's a for for me personally, if that's how it ends up happening, there's a guilt associated with that because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not being a porn star. Mm-hmm. I am not the you know super adventurous. We're gonna do all these different positions yep. and flip me on my head mm-hmm. and put my feet like I don't do that now. Yeah, I'm older. I couldn't care. Well, work that that way. <laughs> I, I just. We both, I think there comes a time when, in your 40s, when you both are kind of like, we've been together forever, we both know what we want the end result to be. Yep. Yes, we'll have a bit of fun along the way, but it's not like a all-night marathon mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be real. Most of the time, you know, I'm sorry, but being in the physical shape for a marathon and having the energy period, because again, that exhaustion, it's just yep. that daily exhaustion, yep. right? Kind of just want to get in, get off, get out, and go to sleep. That's right. <laughs> get her done. Now, with that said, there comes the, the thing about foreplay. Obviously, for a woman, it um, gets things wet. Mm-hmm. And you're ready. Yep. And I think by the time you're 40, you better know what lube works for you. Because mm. it doesn't always work the yeah. way you want it to. Or it takes too long. Mm-hmm. Like for... For women, there's like the there's a head game you got to get into first, right? Yep. Or get out of. You've got to yeah. get out of your head to be able to like get to the point where your body will cooperate and do what you want it to do, mm-hmm. so that it's not a painful experience. Yep. For either of you, because let's be real, you head in there too soon, and then you're like, ow, and then it's you know. He's like, ow. You're like, ow, and you're like, fuck it, I'm done. Yep. That hurt. <laughs> get off me. <laughs> right. So find your lube. Find it now. <laughs> Um, and I think, again, there's guilt. Yeah. There, there's, there's guilt. It's like the mom guilt thing we talked about la- last episode. Mm-hmm. I think for some women, um, there's guilt associated with not wanting sex enough. Yeah. And for others, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or for men, maybe, there's guilt associated with wanting it too much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Honestly, there's another piece to this too, where you know we talk about how like important communication is when it comes to sex, but honestly, sometimes talking about sex doesn't make me want it more. Yes. And like that, you know, talking about the lack of sex. I know that's a common conversation for a lot of couples with kids. Um, that, yeah, it's just, oh, well, things aren't the same. It's not like it was when we were, you know, mm-hmm. dating, which my response to that is, mm-hmm, yeah, go screw yourself. Um, the uh, talking about sex and the lack thereof does not incite. No. You know. It's not sexy. No, it's not sexy. And... Oddly enough, the, that one podcast, I will list it, um, that I've been listening to, it actually talks about that and how, yeah, the talking about the lack of sex and constantly bringing it to your partner's attention actually decreases the want for it because it does incite these feelings of guilt and shame and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else around it. It just brings up basically every other feeling other than give it to me. Yeah, I agree. I think, I don't know, for for me maybe, I don't know if it's that way for other people. I would be better with actions that uh, inspire sex mm-hmm. rather than chatter about sex we're not having. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you feel that way, but... Absolutely. And that, like that whole, I think too that what uh, some men I think are missing or men that I've been with are missing is that... The whole thing, when you first get together, there's this, like, there's this touch. You touch each other mm-hmm. without there always being the expectation of sex. Mm-hmm. You can go by each other and put your arm around each other in the kitchen or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. this is when you're dating, right? Or you hold hands or you sit beside each other on the couch. It doesn't mean you're going to fuck. Mm-hmm. It just means you're touching each other. But that connection, that connection that... That gets your hormones going, that sort of thing. Whereas sometimes when you're married or you're together for a long time, you don't always touch. Yeah. You kind of go in circles around each other because you're circling around the kids and you're working yeah. and you're this and you're that. And you, and then it's like you don't have that. And then when you do touch, sex is expected. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's the that in life. That's where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to have touch that doesn't mean sex and mm-hmm. have sex that doesn't mean guilt or shame or any of those things yeah it's almost like that progression of a relationship too right like it's like don't stop holding hands mm-hmm. don't stop you know touching toes under the blankets when you go yeah. to sleep at night like all those just that little bit you know that li- that connection piece i think people have to work at keeping that yes um let's be real relationships are work we can get into that another time but mm-hmm. um but just that, you know, that, that little bit of touch. And it's hard, like, once you have children, too, because sometimes you are touched out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I don't have little ones who touch me all the time. Yeah, now, But when yeah. they're little, yeah. and they're, like, all up in your grill all the time, they want to yeah. hug, they want to be carried, they want to touch, they want to, like, squish your face and give you a smooch. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's all, uh, it's very, a lot. it's a lot. Yeah. 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 And there is actually such a thing, which I learned, I can't even remember when, but I've known this for quite a while now, but there's actually something called the touch quotient. Oh, really? That, yeah. Like, and it, it might be different for different people, but you actually have a limit to how much you can, to be, how touched, much you yeah. can be touched in a day. And then That's, you need to just not. <laughs> right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, like if you've had a baby strapped to you all bloody day long, yeah. Sorry, that quotient's been filled long before somebody gets home from work. And, you know, like yeah. those types of things are all tricky, tricky, tricky stuff. 
50s and beyond. Hmm. All right, so TJ and I aren't quite in our 50s quite yet, but it's something that we all have to go through at some point, and I guess in the end it's all what you make of it. There's just that little thing called menopause that can really throw a wrench into uh, the sexual plans. Um, Yeah. According to HopkinsMedicine.org, menopause can make the vaginal canal less stretchy, resulting in dryness, in turn causing painful intercourse for some. Nothing like a mood killer or what? Mm-hmm. To make matters worse, more than a third of women in perimenopause or who are postmenopausal report anything from a lack of interest in sex to difficulty reaching climax. At this point, all TJ and I can do is ask questions and speculate on what's to come. Dun, dun, dun. Remember when I said, find your lube, find it now? <laughs> and this is why. And I think, you know what? I'm going to choose to go with that 50 is the new 40 thing or the new yep. 20 or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I, I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. Do you feel more or less sexy Ooh. now? Uh, now? Um... I don't know. I self-image is a tough is a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times when I feel uh, more attractive than I ever have, and then there's a lot of times for many different reasons that I'm like, eh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. no. That my tattoos have a lot to do with that. Oh yeah. On a good day, I'm like, I feel like fucking Shira, and I'm like, I am whatever woman hear me roar. Um, but then there's other times I don't. And weight, obviously, mm-hmm. being on the yo-yo diet stuff has been a bit of a struggle. How about you? Yeah. I definitely, I think for me it's like when I do put the effort into like doing my hair and you know, shaving my legs and um, putting on something that makes me feel sexy and not, I'm not even talking anything like sexy underneath. I'm talking about a pair of jeans that, fit my ass just right mm-hmm. and make me feel good, you know? Or I know when I wear heels that, like, I'm, like, my legs and, like, yeah. your muscles pop that little bit, and I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, there's still something left in there. Sweet. You know, like, underneath all that cellulite. Woo! <laughs> like, you know, but um, I have parts of my body that I struggle with still mm-hmm. and that I know, like, I can remember, you know, being in my 20s and what my body looked like then. And I, I sometimes wish... You know, the, oh, okay, you know, I just remember, I never thought about my body when I was yeah. 20. I really didn't. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of an athletic-ish type of body on the thinner side. Like, I didn't have any major, you know, but I think after 20, that's when I, you know, I get out of high school, just not as active, um, you know, work, stress, whatever, all that, you know, and I just started slowly, steadily kind of gaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say now... I'm kind of refinding a confidence in myself and learning to love myself the way I am now. That's awesome. Working on it. So when you're 50, mm-hmm. so let's imagine your 50th birthday is tomorrow. Will you feel more or less sexy than you do now? I'm going to feel more sexy. I'm going to yeah. rock it. I'm hoping I feel like a badass when I'm 50. Yeah. Eh, who knows? That's what I'm shooting for. Mm. Me too. Aren't we all? <laughs> so... If you look at the future, mm-hmm. how do you think you'll handle a uh, sexually charged partner if that's not your jam? Like if they're saying you have you have difficulty reaching climax and, um, you know, these are the things to come or not come. 
sexually charged partner like if Paul Mm -hmm. is like let's go like you are hot tamales let's go and you're like I'm dry and (laughs) no it's a desert (laughs) nay nay my friend Um, it's dry and I can't come so go fuck yourself here's the hand lotion honey or better yet here's my lube yes Uh, I yeah I think honestly though like I think that'll be I mean, again, I think it'll come down to communication. And, I mean, I, I honestly can't say, <laughs> really. We can't say because we don't want our husbands to leave us before we turn <laughs> You know what? I think at some point it's going to be, like, my body is what it is. My like these are. I think we, as long as there's that understanding on mm-hmm. both sides of it, okay, yeah, what can we do that can help you out? But at the same time, this is the way my body is now. So yeah. if you can't work within that, like then that's not going to be cool with me either. But I think that will need to be kind of a reciprocal thing and taking care of each other as we get older. Yep. Figuring out a way. Now, there are some couples, as they have aged, that have decided on separate bedrooms, separate beds, things oh, like yeah. that. Would you do that? Um, I don't think so. I... Paul and I have a king size bed, and for now that works quite well. <laughs> it's like sleeping in separate beds, anyway. It really kind of is, um, and I mean we both snore like drunk lumberjacks. Mm-hmm. Um, we seem to not bother each other with it though, which is funny. Um, but it's funny because we kind of usually start out like in the middle, you yeah. know, the little snuggle or whatever. But then, okay, when I'm like, all right, I'm ready to fall asleep, we roll to the outside, yeah. like, and that's where we stay for the most part. Like, yeah. you know, um, I don't. I don't know. I know I can wholeheartedly say absolutely not. We will never have separate bedrooms. No. Never have separate beds. No, I don't think I'm okay with that. And I don't think no. Paul would be either. No. No. We have a we have a routine. Like, I, not lately because I've been grumpy, but <laughs> normally I will, like, hook my, no matter what kind of mood I'm in, normally I'll hook my leg kind of around his leg. Mm-hmm. And that's comfort for me to go to yep. sleep. I don't know if it's comfortable, like, a comfort for him. <laughs> but he never complains. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a part of intimacy for me that yes. I don't want to miss out on. Yeah. So I wonder if, like, again, looking forward, is romance going to be, uh, romance and touch going to be more important than the whole knock and boots thing? Like, I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Because eventually, like, maybe, who knows? You never know what's going to happen with your body, right? You know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So you would hope that if you're the physical nature of your body hits a point where it just can't then I hope that there's just enough of the other good stuff mm-hmm. that you know still keep like that intimacy piece that is still there. yeah there's got to be some kind of intimacy right yeah yeah um what do you do if you feel like you have not completed your sexual bucket list do you have a sexual bucket list for me do I have a sexual bucket list? Um, probably. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> are there there are experiences that I have not had in my life that I would like to have in my life? That doesn't mean other partners or things like mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. it just means I think there are experiences that people fantasize about or dream about that they might want to have. And come fifty, if I still hadn't filled that bucket list mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if I could at that point yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. I, 
I don't know. It's a you hear of like eighty year olds banging in the nursing home, so maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be me. I don't know. I'm not that sexually driven, but mm-hmm. there are some people that do it. Yeah. So how about you? Sexual bucket list? I I would say no, not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. On it, you know what? Even it's funny because like Paul has asked, you know, what are some of my fantasies? And even that, I have a difficult time answering that. I really do. Yeah, but like my husband has asked me too. Like, what what is your desire? Like mm-hmm. in the moment, he doesn't generally ask me like when it's not the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he has asked me, and I'm still, I'm I find I'm a very um, maybe I appear to be very confident mm-hmm. outside of the bedroom and kind of take control, take charge kind of person. But in the bedroom, I am not. Mm-hmm. So I kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I emotionally shut down, and I'm like. Can't talk about it. Yeah. Nope. Can't talk (laughs) about it. And I think some people are like that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's like this burning desire to talk to them about Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It's a very challenging situation. Mm -hmm. And if you do have, if you do have fantasies and you're not inclined to share, then you're stuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing to not have anything on your bucket list Mm -hmm. and have somebody ask you. It's, I think... I'm guessing it's probably easier mm-hmm. to just be like, no, I'm, I got nothing for you, man. Like, yep. it is what it is. Yeah. Um, then I guess the final question is, when does your sexual desire implode or cease to exist? What is your prediction for your future? Um, well, I hope neither one of those things happens completely. I don't know. I don't know either. There's some days when I'm like, I never want to have sex again. Mm-hmm. I just, nope, don't touch me. Don't look at me. I just want to be a human and not a sexual, a sexual being. being. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other days I think I'll probably have sex till the day I die. Yeah. Right? Like it. I would say I have those days too. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have days where I'm just like, yeah, no, this is not, it's not even on my radar. Yeah. Honestly. And, and I think then, that goes back to the whole, like, where do we peak sexually, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I could have peaked yesterday. <laughs> or I could peak next week. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Have your people pencil me in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. For many women, there's often a deep and complex entanglement between their physical and the emotional selves. Can low libido be cured, assisted, or helped? through what is essentially diet and exercise. Who knows? I don't know. The most important thing I've learned about sex through my 40 years um, is that it is meant to be fun, um, first of all. But sex through the years does change, and, I, and like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, yeah, it just can't be the same through mm-hmm. your entire life, I don't think. So it's, it, that's okay. That's fair. Yeah. I too am 40-ish, and my strongest piece of advice, not just for women, but for everyone, is this. Know your own body first before you let anyone else push your sexual buttons. And experiment, experiment, experiment. Mm. Know and deeply understand your sexual desires from the inside out before settling for something that feels only okay. Yeah, no, no settling. No settling allowed. 
So, an episode filled with all the ins and outs and ups and downs of female sexual desire or lack thereof has come to an end. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or any of our episodes for that matter. So please feel free to like, comment, share, or contact us over on Instagram at the shit women can't say. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Shit Women Can't Say. And remember, speak your truth, even if you have to whisper it first.